Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 556. Do you remember this, Sasha? Yeah. Look at those amazing soldering joints that I worked on last week. Jeff, you are impressed, right? Yeah, not yeah? so much. Oh, come on now. Well, this week we are we are kind of accumulating a lot of the comments that have come in since that feature. We're going to be talking about this. We're going to see what we can do to improve things around here when we're doing our soldering demonstrations. And we're going to learn from our community what we can do to do a better job with our soldering. So make sure you stick around. We'll be right back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcast. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie. I'm Sasha. And I'm Jeff. Nice to have you here. Who are you? Comment below. Send us an email uh, live at category5.tv. Hey, it's so nice to have you here. Category 5 shirts have started being delivered. So yes. get yours. Cat5.tv slash shirts. And send us a picture of yourself wearing uh, your Category 5 apparel. And uh, we will give you your 15 seconds of fame. That's right. How come? Do we even give them that long? How come I get like an hour? I I wear a shirt and I get like an hour of being on TV. Well, I think it's more than just the shirt. It's your dashing. Ah, it's my bald nerdiness. We got to keep you number one on Google. Yeah, that's right. Um, you can win. Yes. Dead Effect Two VR. You will win it. Immediately, if you do get a shirt and post a picture. Is that the secret? That's the secret. Oh, nice. Yes. Now you know the now secret, Now you know folks. the secret. Um, or you could just not get a shirt and then be, wah, wah, not a winner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, was anti Wow. <laughs> you could win, wah, wah. I don't even think that's an official rule, folks. Just so you know, <laughs> there is no rule that you have to spend money to win. That's true. No purchase necessary. No purchase necessary. But here's how you do win. You email us at contest at category5.tv let us know who you are where you are how you're watching and also post and a picture so of yourself so in a shirt now okay. <laughs> if somebody put in a I am me I am here and I wear this would that count? yes maybe I I, no it's maybe? random maybe 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 the jury's out okay nobody's Gu- really sure guaranteed about that, somebody's yeah. going to submit that now Right. <laughs> Will it be you? Jeff? I hope so. <laughs> I might. I might. All right. So, forgetting about that, let's get around to something a little bit more amazing. Google Play. I love the Google How Play. How is Google Play more amazing than a Category 5 TV? Because or I love, Dead Effect I love, VR. Yeah, have you played Play? that? And let's be clear. I'm the Wait. one talking about the Google Play. Okay. So oh, so, so now cool. it's all of a sudden awesome? That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, we are on Google Play. Woohoo. <laughs> you can buy t shirts. Yes. You can play VR. Yeah. Right, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Google do we Play have, is, do we Google need play like is a... so yesterday. Come on, we've been on Google no. Play for like three weeks now, Jeff. This is old news. But it's still amazing news. Okay. It's all amazing right, I'll news. Give you that. So all you got to do is go to category5.tv slash subscribe. Oh, yes. And right there, you can get on to Google Play. But Google Play Music Podcast only supports audio, Jeff. This so? is a TV show. What good is audio? Well... You can still listen to our sultry voices. Oh, and our sultry voices just happen to be right smack down the middle tonight. Yes. Just so you know, we got some messages. Uh, Daniel Wright messaged me last week after the show and mm-hmm. said, Hey, Robbie, everyone's voice comes through both left and right channels except yours. Your voice only comes through on the right channel. Well, at least you're right. I'm always right. I know. Well, there That's you go. what I said on the show. Like, that was the theme, and it just kind of flowed with the audio panning. Uh, so it turns out uh, we have a dead pot on our mixing console. Now, Uh-oh. thankfully, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six channels. 
Perfect. One channel was free. So tonight I have moved off of channel three and onto channel four. Now you hear me in the middle. So we have two more spare channels to go. Well, technically we don't, Jeff, because oh, one, one of them, them is for Skype interviews. Oh, right. And the other one is for like computer reviews and stuff. So if another pot goes, you're out. Then we need a new mixer. Yeah. yeah and then Sasha and I will take over. That's it. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go sit down. That's right. Or uh, you'll just hear me off to the right channel going, hey, guys. That's right. I'm over here. Every time we try to I'm talk here. to you. Abraham Kornfeld said, uh, I thought that problem was me. I started adjusting my speaker for a few minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So imagine if you were listening on Google Play Music Podcasts. Yes. In stereo. In binaural audio. And then. Sasha's right here. And Robbie's way over there somewhere, <laughs> doing all the demonstrations from over there. Yeah. That's how it went down. So I think we've got that lick tonight. Um, Jeff. Yes. Big news from you. You, <gasps> sir, are our new host on I, New what? Every Day. Are you serious? Yeah, I congratulations. Am? You were the one applicant. <laughs> And so we have awarded it to you. See how you win Dead <laughs> Effect 2 right. VR? That's right. You just have to be the one applicant. I sent an email that said, I am me, here I am, and this is what I'll do. And, and incidentally, he was wearing a Category 5 shirt, so we're like, we got to give him the show. That's right. He wins. New Every Day for three seasons was hosted by Jen and Carrie, yes. and they did a fantastic job for three consecutive years. Mm -hmm. At the end of season three, they said to us, we're done. I think we're done. I think that's it. And it's, you know, they left on good terms, and it was really just a, hey, they've volunteered for three solid years every single week. That's a huge commitment, folks. So kudos to them. Give them a big thumbs up. But now New Every Day is hosted by Jeff Weston mm -hmm. and Lawrence Cruz. That's right. Tell us a little bit. Yeah, so um, I have known Lawrence 20 years. Really? Okay. Yeah, so it's been a very, very long time we've known each other. Uh, just our paths kept connecting as we you know separate and go to and and it's just one of those things where uh when the opportunity presented itself uh, and i you know contacted you and said i'd be willing to do the show he was the first one that i thought i would love to do this with we have great chemistry we get along very well and uh yeah so we we've sat down we've uh, done a, a few shows uh we've got a couple interviews in the can yeah now, on the air you've seen one so that's far. right yeah so so we've had a couple interviews in place uh, mm -hmm. We're just kind of brainstorming. The sky is the limit, and we want to take the content to the next level. Like, cool. We've got some really, really great ideas. I can't wait to, uh, to explore. Well, it's, it's, it's exciting to have you branching out into an, yeah. another one of our shows. So Category 5 TV Network, of course, here we are on Category 5 Technology TV. Mm -hmm. Then our faith broadcast is called New Every Day, and it has just started its fourth season with Jeff Weston and Lawrence Cruz. And uh, we've got a couple other shows that we're working on, and of course, your newsroom feature is right. its very own show, which gets edited out every single week and is aired every Tuesday night on KVVB Channel 33 in the high desert of California. How cool is that? So hello to you watching yes. in Southern California. Nice to have you here and uh, certainly on Sasha's show as well. Cool. I've been locked out of Facebook, Jeff. Uh, Sasha. Oh. You quit Facebook. I, I quit just, Facebook. They, I was like quit working you. hard. <laughs> yeah, I was working hard on Facebook and they locked me out. Why? Because my faith isn't recognizable enough. What? Apparently, I, uh, they told me I need to upload a photo of myself now. So it actually logged me out, and it says i got to upload a photo of myself. We've been through this with some of our viewers as well. Wow. Talking about how Facebook is trying to step things up in the privacy and security and, and you know, in that department. Right. So here I am. This is my work account. So here I am working away on yeah. customer Facebook profiles and things like that, which I do pretty much every week. Yeah. And boom, you're logged out can't log in and apparently my faith is that of the bald nerd so you know it can't be me and they huh. won't let me log in that okay That's there's what gotta be against. something so wrong with that yeah oh yeah I mean, every time, every time they said I need to upload a picture of my face, I mooned the camera and sent them that. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I felt inside. That's what I wanted to do. But, wow. I so know. did you actually... So I'm Fix it? it? No. No. No, I've uploaded every single picture that I have of myself. And, and, they still recognize you. and it doesn't recognize it doesn't let me log in. So that is what we're up against, folks. Wow. And the email that it sent me when it logged me out is from a no reply at 
facebookmail.com. <laughs> so I can't even reply and say, look, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying, and I can't get in, I can't get back into my account. We've already had the discussion that they've started really um, stepping things up as far as their app security and privacy goes. Right. And I know that like hundreds of apps have been removed from Facebook apps because they felt that they were not approved for uh, accessing the Facebook API. Right. Mm -hmm. In light of Cambridge Analytica and so on. So my app, one of my apps, was one of those that got Wipes. blocked. And um, I can't get in to go through the approval process. Is there no Catch way to put a support ticket in outside no. of the app? Oh, maybe. See, I've contacted them within the developer central and uh, went through huh. the process and it said, okay, you need to do this, this, and this. Three things. Uh, you need to add a channel icon, you need to do this and that, and put a privacy statement on your website, that kind of stuff. And so I went through an, a third-party company to, to legally create a, a privacy policy for the app right. and put that online, added it, and this was around the time that I got locked out of Facebook. So huh. that's where I'm at. Huh. How does it feel? That's I, a big pause. I, yeah. I don't know whether I'm like, can you be angry at something that is non-existent? They're like, they're looking at everything in a, from a blanket perspective now. Mm -hmm. Because they've been going through everything since this whole kerfuffle. Right. So, I'm no longer Robbie Ferguson, the app developer. I'm a number. Right. right. And I'm not approved. So, so, now I'm locked out. What do you think the chances are that because you have... You know, been locked out. Yeah, this is a uh, social experiment on Facebook's part. You think so? To see that, just to how, see my nasty tweets about Facebook. Well, no, but to see how much you use it once you get in compared to when you were out. It's kind of like withholding the cookie from you so that suddenly they give you the cookie. You think Facebook is in the game of dangling cookies in front of poor app developers? I, I don't know. I'm just. That's the game it that seems odd yeah. that for a such a sophisticated system that knows everything about you in fifty seven different fifty seven thousand different categories that they can't seem to recognize your face. It's not like you've got some weird face. Has your face been Thank stolen? You, no, has <laughs> That's the quote of the night. It's <laughs> not like you have some weird face. Um <laughs> has your, t shirt. <laughs> could your face have been like your face pick like your in the image of your face? Could it have been stolen? Like, could, oh, could absolutely. Somebody write it's not and like then, my face is on the internet so or anything. So then somebody else claimed your face and then you're blocked out of the rest what, of it. What? So like poor, identity theft. poor yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger right. can never get a Facebook account? Like, come on, how does that work? It is ironic that your face has locked you out of Facebook. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have you ever been through it with Facebook or any other social profile website? Comment below, send us an email, let us know what kind of hassles you've had to go through to redeem your account. Because that's what I'm up against right now with the book face. The book face. Oh. But just think of all the free time you've got now. Exactly. None. <laughs> I'm spending way too much time. On support. Damage control <laughs> with the customer. Yeah. And trying to figure out how to get in so that I can, so I can get this thing fixed for them. Wow. That's what I'm up against. You Jeff just send them some sort of legal notice that you're going to sue them for all the lost revenue. I don't. Ain't nobody got time for that. Come on. Send it to where? The no speaking reply? Of time, speaking of okay. time, let's take a commercial break. Okay. Jeff? Yes? That's your line. What? When we oh, return? Yeah. Never mind. We're going to be back in just a moment's time. When we come back, we're going to be hearing from our viewers about the soldering job that Robbie did last <laughs> right. week. Which Stick was around. so good. Yeah, so good. <laughs> For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Thank <laughs> you. 
Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and tonight we are going back. This is kind of like a continuation of last week's episode where right. we were talking about this amazing, amazing soldering job that Robbie did. So good. Oh, so Such a valiant how. effort. It actually worked. <laughs> it actually describe it. worked. By some kind of television miracle, it worked. Yes. Jeff, do you remember way back on episode number 431 when you recommended that I buy battery powered. a battery-powered soldering iron? Yes. Do you remember that? I do. I just want to say for the record, it sucks. <laughs> well, let's be clear. That is not the one I had. Oh, let's be clear. That one's not the same. It's not exactly the same model. It's a battery-powered soldering iron. Mine was, the one mine's that, great, though. Is it great? What is it great for? Uh, it's great for little at-home projects. Little uh, at-home projects, okay. Yeah, like the, I will fix uh, light bulbs. Um, you know, you can just replace them, right? No. How do you fix light bulbs? When, um, like you build a new filament out of solder? No, like, you know, with like... <laughs> I, I like to tinker. So like with Christmas bulbs, you know how there's the wires that come yeah, in yeah. and replace them? Sometimes they'll break, and I just don't feel like... All right. You know, buying a new one or whatever. So okay. you put them back together? Yeah, just heat them up, put them together, and they work great. They're All fine. right. I'll put together some of the kids' toys that break where they've got little metal elements, stuff like that. Huh. So, so last week, Jeff, I built this board here, and I did a smashingly good job. Oh, my. Quasimodo, man. Maybe we should pay attention to the 5 volt. It looks pretty good. Hey, that looks better. Yeah, that looks pretty yeah. good. That looks pretty good. Um, and I was using this wireless thing, and I, I really don't like it. And I said to the viewers, I really don't like it. So I, I know I'm blaming my tools, right? Mm-hmm. But I put new batteries in it for the sake of the demonstration. It still didn't really heat up very well. wasn't really working. Okay, how did you use it, though? Poorly. I am an amateur. Okay. And I am an, an admitted amateur. But right. I'm learning. You're so is, learning. Is, is that learning. a quick heat up? Pretty quick, I'd say like 40 seconds. Oh, yeah, so not See, bad. Mine is like a five second heat up. Oh, you when you're showing five seconds, but like I would never start using it the five seconds. I let it heat up and then I heat the item right. I'm working with, then I throw the solder in. Okay, lots of advice came in after last week's show. <laughs> of course, should we tackle this, Sasha? Yes, you've got your list of comments that came in. First of all, I'm going to start with Circuit Man's comment. Yeah, Circuit Man says it's, it's okay for me to do that because yes. they get longer and angrier as the comments go on. No, everybody, thank you so much for your kindness. That was uh, very kind this week. Circuit Man says, awesome show, and Robbie, your soldering is better than mine. It's a good start. Yay! For someone named Circuit Man, I figure that you're probably in the know, so I appreciate that very much. Right. Robert Putnam said that soldering iron is fine, but your soldering technique is backward. Wipe oh. the hot... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Wipe the hot tip off with the cloth so that there is minimal solder left. Okay. Ideally, the tip will be shiny. Use the clean tip to heat whatever you're soldering and feed the solder onto that piece, not the soldering tip. Right. What's happening with your method is that the solder is oxidizing mm. and preventing mm -hmm. any flow to the piece. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So I did okay. a poor job by touching the solder to the hot tip and then touching the tip to the... Yes. Right. Don't right. do that. Okay. Right. Don't so do you that. Did, okay. We're learning. You did We're that. Learning. Don't do it. Okay. Okay. Next up. Uh, from Igerwald. Igerwald. Flux is magic. Pen, SMD, or paste through hole. Okay. Also said. I've, well, I've seen I've seen flux. Right. Sorry, did did Igerwald say something else? Also said, yeah, you need some desoldering tools. Oh, okay. Yes, so two comments. Also. First comment is about the flux. So yes. the solder that I bought has two percent flux. So I am a novice. I'm not using solder. Uh, I'm not using flux in addition to the solder, but I'm using one with a, a rosin core. Right. So okay. is that. Is that going to help me out? Is that going to work? Now, I understand, though, from, uh, from just doing a little bit of research since our feature last week, that by touching it to the tip first, it's hot, and I'm actually burning off the, the, uh, the flux before I get to the board. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of counter I'm yes. counteracting the effects of having a, a, a flux core. Right. But the solder itself has built-in flux. 
Now, if you had a flux capacitor, you can go back and tell yourself not to make that mistake so That's you wouldn't ru- ru- ruin the flux core. It says 2% on this. A C128D says it's not 2%. It actually, what does it say there? It says flux 2%. 2%. Diameter 0.6 and a bunch of numbers that I don't know what they mean. Next up from Igerwald as well. Sorry, you, what was that yeah, one? Yeah, just that you need some desoldering tools. Some dude. desoldering tools. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to come back to that one, okay? Okay. Desoldering is, like, I've got boxes of circuit boards and motherboards that are dead that I want to be able to desolder, so remove some of the components so that I can then reuse them. So it's like getting oh. free stuff from e-waste, basically. Right. right. So I get some resistors, get some capacitors, loads of capacitors, lots of headers, things like that. So oh, okay. C128D says 63 slash 37 solder, which has 37% flux. 37%? Wow. That's a lot of flux. That's flux, like half flux. Is flux. Good. Wow. Okay, I didn't even know such a thing existed. Well, now you do. Mm. Okay. And knowing is half the battle. When Thank you know you. better, you do better. All right. <laughs> Marshman. We're learning here tonight. Marshman. Personally, I would never use a battery-powered soldering iron. Okay. There is too much risk of a cold solder joint or cold solder joints and flaky connections. Not that we encountered any of that. Not that we encountered any of that during our feature. As the battery drains, and if you do a lot of soldering, good luck finding the bad joints. Right. As Robert Putnam stated, the technique is to heat the joints and touch the solder to the underside of the iron while in place on the joint. Okay. The solder should flow nicely on into the connection. Be careful. Too much solder and it will flow out the other side of the board and you have a glob of solder that can cause a short. If the solder balls up instead of flowing, the joint isn't hot enough. So do you think that that's all it is? Is that I'm just not, I'm not heating up the joint first? Like if I actually, if I bring this up for you, so let's get a look here. So let's get a look at one of my terrible joints and get, so I'm going to get out the same wireless soldering iron just going to take 45 seconds. Did so. you clean it? No, I haven't cleaned it. I've got, I've got this wire thing, but now it was mentioned there that we need to get like a sponge or something to, mm-hmm. to actually clean it off. Now, I've got this like wire Thick. cleaner that I've seen people use, and I thought, hey, that's cool. Dollar Store sells those, so yeah. hey, that works, right? And it does work, but it's not a wet sponge. Right. Um, so if I heat this up, is it going to make a difference? Let's get some of my 2% <laughs> flux solder. And let's see how this goes. All right. So I'm going to heat that right up first. Let's use this one because this one looks like I didn't get any solder on there whatsoever. P1. So what they're saying is heat that up. Right. Then let the let's solder, get some heat in there. Then you let the, the coil then into the heated area. So you don't heat it. Let's there straighten you. out my solder there. And let it draw it in. Okay. I'm having, oh, there's the flux. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. There. Look at that. Wow. Oh, you did it. What a difference oh, that made. That looks really good. Thank you, Sasha. What a change from your attitude last <laughs> week. <laughs> well, then. <clears throat> so, um, I hate to be Captain Obvious, but... Does the battery-powered unit work? Does it work? Yes. Yeah, and I put new batteries in it for the sake of the demonstration right. last, last week. Absolutely. Hmm. It, okay. It does. Like, I, I had it turned on so during I, the demonstration. I feel, vindi- I feel vindicated. Now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Viewers, thank you so much. Uh, this is part of what I love about Category 5 TV versus other webcasts, other TV shows, is that we're very, we try to be very interactive. And this is an opportunity yes. for you to, uh, to teach us. And in so, we're kind of bringing that about and bringing it back to the viewers as well. So hopefully this is a good learning experience for mm-hmm. all of us. That's true. Next up. Uh, so Sean White. And hey, I, Sean. I love this. Says, amazing 555 episode. Nine. Episode 555 yep. last week. Yeah. Nice work, amazing tech tips. Love the microtech. I smell espionage tactics. Nope, that is flux. <laughs> Says, well done. After 555 episodes, still by far the best tech show out there. And Aww. I've looked a lot. Keep up the amazing work. 
Wow, thanks, Sean. So even when you have a horrible soldering job, <laughs> we're still the best thing Wait, out there. What is the? Is this gang up on Robbie Day? Like, come on. That was a really but great it one. It worked. He was saying 555 was amazing. And P1 was great. Yes, yes. So just a, now that you've got the solder working, imagine how more amazing 556 is going to be. Oh, 556, we've already shown you right. how good 556 is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> J.M. Was 555 a coincidence? I'm about where Robbie is with this stuff, and soon you'll find out that 555 is a somewhat special number in beginning intermediate electronics. Oh. I did not know that. I didn't either. The timing circuit. 555. No, that was entirely unintentional. Last week just... Yeah, no, we, we, we've been doing this show for every single week for 555 weeks, specifically so, specifically so that Robbie could do a miserable soldering job with a miserable tool. That's what we've been working toward. Like, everything led up to that moment. No, we didn't, in, we didn't intend that. That wasn't a plan. Well, we just needed a baseline soldering job from you so that we can gauge that was from the base. So that now we can see uh, on episode 1055 how far Robbie has come. Exactly. exactly. And, and it will be a robot in my place. Yeah, AI yeah. running the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up, V2. Vito Joe, Joe CR. Right. Some comments on your soldering to make some improvements. Okay, so here we go. Once again, showing how the community comes together and is directing us and giving us feedback that is going to improve our soldering job. Yes. So, number one. Use lead-based solder unless you want it to fail. Okay. Your soldering iron can also work at lower temperatures. With lead-based solder. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. I didn't know that. Um, the reason there's a couple of reasons that I switch from lead. Now here in Canada, I cannot get um, I can't get approval to sell devices that I create if they contain lead solder. Right. So I decided to change to lead-free because I do intend to eventually get to the point where I'm good enough that hey, some of the things that I'm building can be sellable. Right. Um, we're not there yet. No. Don't worry. I'm not, not selling you anything with miserable joints. <laughs> this could be yours. Now, with that in mind, earlier when C28D said 6337, yeah. that's the tin lead ratio. So that wouldn't work oh. in this case. Oh, okay. If you're, I see. If you're going to be okay, reselling Okay, so that's, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, so, that's so for home use, the, but for, if you're going to resell it, you can't use that. But for home right. use, you'd be fine. Okay, so there's two other reasons. I don't have good ventilation. That's reason number two. Oh. So I don't want to be breathing it in. No. I don't want to be like the Mad this Hatter. Is a great hobby, but I don't. I don't really need cancer right now, and so I'll learn with lead-free. I'm happy with that. Good call. Um, third reason kind of stems from that, but also my kids. I really want my kids to participate, and so part of it is getting their hands on the solder, mm-hmm. getting in there, and we're using lead-free solder so that I don't feel worried that my my 10 year old is putting his fingers in his mouth after soldering something with a a lead lead course right so there's a couple of things there so uh, absolutely sure lead lead based solder may be better for some uses Mm -hmm. especially in you know professional um soldering jobs but i think for me i'm going to stick with the lead free so we just got to make it work right point number two yeah point number two uh you don't add the solder to the tip until you've heated up what you're soldering. Then, and only then, you add the solder. Thank you. Okay, so, that one out. yeah, uh, Marshman commented on that as well. So, yes. excellent point, and we proved tonight that that is a very good comment. Right. Uh, number three, if you put the solder on the tip, you need to clean it off. Just like that. Makes sense. Everything that you did, you need to undo, Robbie. <laughs> I heard you saying, thinking that. Yes. So, uh, the longer the solder is on the tip of your iron, the more flux you destroy. Just what I was saying. Yes. And I probably, it was in my head because of V2 Joe CR's comment. Right. Having read it earlier. Mm -hmm. Very interesting and good point that I'm actually burning off the flux. Yes. Which is going to cause issues with my solder joint. Absolutely. And I understand that. So that's cool. And then keeping in line with that, Mm -hmm. flux is your friend. It helps solder the, helps the solder to connect to your components. Uh, He says as a bonus tip. But I'm bum. Please watch some better people solder before you make an attempt to put it on. Please what? (laughs) Please watch some better people solder before you make an attempt at soldering on TV. Hey, come on now, (laughs) come on now. Okay, so let's back up and talk a little bit about what Category Five represents. And and first, before I get into that, I want to tell you and everyone viewing, never let someone tell you don't 
show what you are learning. Don't right. Never, right. never be afraid to fail. Never be afraid to show that I'm not good at this. I'm learning, and the reason I say that is because. I think if we all need to achieve this excellence before we're willing to share it with the world, then Category 5 wouldn't exist. I'm proud of you. Aw. It's like Thanks. a public service announcement. This is really, that's a really great message, just right across the whole globe. It's, I, it's what Category 5 represents. Yeah. Like, we started with a webcam, and we stepping stoned our way up. Yeah. And we're looking at stepping stones tonight. And, and along that line, never, ever feel that way. You need to be able to fail and you need to be able to do it in the public eye and it's okay and it's okay to have friends that laugh at you and it is absolutely and it's cool to learn and and i love this show because i can i can learn with you and we can learn together and and i appreciate your comments and, and we're we're learning together i did a pretty good solder joint there yeah, yeah you, you did. did and how many times have we done episodes where you're programming something oh or, and it fails yeah and it just sure. it goes horribly wrong but that's part of what makes the show great is because some of those shows are the greatest shows to learn from because sure. you watch it and you go oh my goodness i've made the same mistake a hundred times and i couldn't <laughs> figure out what the issue was i think right. we're real too well yeah exactly there, and there are a lot of great shows yep I, I'm we're real. not just cg we're, there are a lot of great shows on youtube and on the on television that they figure everything out beforehand and they do it when it's perfect yes and so then i as the lay person feel like i i'm not at that level i can't achieve this i can't try this yeah let's start here and let's work our way up together. You know, to be honest, it wasn't pretty, but it worked. It worked. Like, you did it. I did it. I did it. Go team. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the comment. I appreciate yes. that. Um, so, C128D yes. first has said recently in the chat room that you need to use separate flux paste that's if, if, you're you using, if you're using lead-free. Yes. Okay. So, so even, that's important. So let me get this straight. Even though I have a 2% flux core in my solder, so I thought, oh, well, it has flux built in, so I don't need to buy flux. Are you telling me I need to go out and buy flux paste so that I can add that to my solder joints before I heat them up? That's Is that the idea? right. C128 is uh, D is here with us live. Uh, we'll move on with your, your right, questions so then, and we'll come back to your, your response to that question. Okay, so C128D also says, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, you don't need to spend a lot of money to get a, a decent soldering iron. All you need is one that plugs into a wall outlet and runs off of AC current. Any of the Weller line would work out quite well for your needs and are reasonably priced. Just select one that is between 20 and 40 watts. Amazon carries them for about 15 to 20 or 15 to 30 dollars US. <clears throat> Not sure what that is in Canadian rupees. <laughs> Um, and they do an excellent job. Welder, Weller, solder, so I can't say this word. Solder? Solder. Because there's an L in it. it we're always going to get somebody. Stations. One of our biggest fans is going to say, it's solder. No, it's, it's solder. It's solder. Yeah. I'm just always sure. going to try and say so, so. A Weller soldering station? Station. Normally started about $100 US. Okay. Getting one of the regular irons now and having it as a backup when you can afford the soldering station wouldn't be a waste of money either. Yeah. The iron is more portable and less of a hassle for a quick and dirty repair for quick and dirty repair than the station is. But the main thing is that just about any AC powered soldering iron will be better than a battery powered toy. Be sure to use 6037 solder. It's better for electrical work than 6040. Okay. C128D, you said it without saying it. Stepping stones. Mm -hmm. Right? Because in my mind, I'm thinking I need a soldering station. I need the I need the, at least the entry level of the best. Right. Right? Bang on, my friend. This is what it's about, is finding that stepping stone. So cheap, battery-powered, doesn't really do a very good job. The batteries, don't last, long, the batteries don't last long enough for doing a good-sized project. No, I, so, I agree. That's why it's good for small things. For like a quick, like two joints. Yes. And then you're done. Now, I love what C128D pointed out here, that you can get away with just a standard soldering iron, which is a big step up from this little guy, right. but not going to cost me the amount of a, my, my dream station. So I can right. work my way up to that soldering station, Right. but right now I can get started with something a little less. Very cool. And I did. <gasps> no. And I what did. What did you do? First, let's look at David Fear. 
Okay, David Fear says, get one of these and points us to a link um, to a $70 um, OLED programmable um, uh, soldering iron. Okay. On Banggood. Very cool. Um, but still $70. Mm-hmm. So I may as well look at the $100 right. soldering station at that point. It's starting to get a little bit close to the price. And recommends as well that we look at 6337 or 6040 leaded solder. Going right. back to my comments. So based on it, largely what C120AD said about being able to start with something cheap and work your way up. Mm-hmm. And then still use that old one as just for the little tinkering here and there. Totally works. And then based on reading what David Fear sent and saying, hey, yeah, we can do that. I got on Amazon. And you can head on over to cat5.tv slash solder kit. And it arrived already. So obviously available on Prime. And I picked one of these up. Let's see. And it is way microscopic compared to what I was expecting. I was expecting from the picture that this was going to be like a full-size toolbox. Right. That's little. <laughs> it's like a, a mini, like a mini toolbox. Should like we get into giant. this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get this out of the way so that I can show you folks this. So this was the next step from this. This cost me $30. Now, I'll tell you, C120AD, you mentioned like the $16 wellers and things like that. I got on Amazon. I started looking around and the cheapest that we could get here in Canada was $22 Canadian and it was not brand name and it was just a a cheap soldering iron. Right. Um, So, why I went with this kit, it's only $8 more. It came with the box. It came with extra tips and it came with some extra essentials. So let's get in here. And this is going to also take us back to Igerwald's comment about having um, solder desoldering tools. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's get in here. So into the box. Boom. First and foremost, a solder sucker. Oh. There you go. Is that for excess solder? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> it also pinches your face. Is that for excess? Like <laughs> This is for removing solder um, so you can heat up the solder and then suck it oh, off okay, gotcha. so that you can remove chips and things and reuse. Right. That is or, cool. Or fix when you mess things up. So Whatever. that, if, if you ask me, that's worth probably the extra $8 anyways. Oh, exactly. It came with a whole bunch of solder. Now, what is this? Lead-free solder wire. Perfect. This is 2.0 flux, um, 20, ga- uh, 20 gauge. No, eight, 0.8 millimeter versus my 0.6 that I have here. Right. So similar to There's what I have, but it's got a lot. Yeah. 20 grams, I guess that is. Okay, so it's got this itty-bitty tiny toolbox. Yeah. How cute is that? All right, it's got a box within there. What do we have? And remember, this was only $30, so... Okay, what do you expect for $30? It's got a little stand that is basically just a cheap little tray right. with a couple of nuts that, hey, you, you can hold what? your soldering iron there. Oh, yeah. And it's got a sponge that you can wet to clean it. So I didn't have one of these. Now I do. So that's cool. But it's not as nice of a holder as my helping hands. No. So I'll probably just end up using my helping hands anyways. But if you don't already have helping hands... That's something, anyways. Exactly. It's in the box, kind of thing. Okay, what else have we got? We've got a couple of um, a couple of tweezers. Right. These are um, anti-static, and I like that. The tweezers that I have have become magnetic, so I needed new oh, ones. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a pain because I'm working with little itty bitty resistors, and they're magnetized to the yeah. tongs, which yeah, makes it really, that. really hard. Then we've got the soldering iron, obviously, but a couple of extra things that came in the kit. Uh, it's got desoldering wire. That's cool. Nice. Desoldering wire. Desoldering wire. I can put this on all those bad joints that I made. Right. And I can remove. I can touch this to it and heat it up, and it will suck in the solder, absorb it, and then I take it away, and the solder is off of the joint. No. Yeah. So I need this when I correct the soldering joints that I've created. Okay. Then I've got my soldering tool. Here you go. Now, what is what really excited me about this, and Dave Fear pointed it out on the one for $70. Let's actually bring this up through the magnifier, the, through the microscope, so that you can see what I'm seeing here. It has a temperature gauge. Oh, that's and it goes nice. from 20, uh, to, pardon me, from 200C all the way up to t- uh, 450. And it's just a dial. So mm-hmm. for a cheap little thing, that's pretty good. Look at what else we've got. It, it does go up to 60 watts. Cool. So it's a pretty 
you know, it's going to heat up pretty quickly. Yeah. Apparently, um, should do a pretty good job. Sorry. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we're going to be checking it out on future demonstrations and seeing how it works. So, but then it also came with one, two, three, four, five tips. extra tips. So we've got some extra tips there that came with this, and each one is a little bit different for different jobs. Right. And I expect that as I grow and learn how each one works, then that's going to be cool. So if I remove this, I can see there's my tip. Oh, so you just slide it right off. And then it's got a ceramic core. Oh, okay. So the ceramic core, apparently I'm learning, is very quick to heat up. Yes. And so that's a good thing. I'm going to gently put that back on. I have a hair straightener that's similar. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So they does that really, heat up really yes, well? It, yeah, it does. Good. I like that it has the uh, adjustable temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does have also an inline power switch, which was an added bonus because you normally have to unplug one of these kinds right. of soldering irons. So it's a good start. I think this is a great for little 30 kit. Bucks? Yeah. For 30 oh, bucks, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's available in our shop now, cat5.tv slash solder kit. Now, I've been able to get, obviously, it's available here in Canada as you see it here. It's also available in the United States as you see it here. In the UK, they don't have exactly the same kit, but I found one that's very similar, and it's only 14 pounds. So, oh, um, right. so you can check that out. And it even has a couple of extra things in the UK, but I obviously can't test it because it's a little bit different. But it looks like about the same thing, and it is what it is. It's a cheap soldering iron, but it's better than what I have, and it's going right. to get me started. Exactly. And I like that it came with all this extra stuff that I'm going to need anyways mm. for my projects, um, and just a cheap little case, which... A p- appeases my need to have organization because otherwise right. everything just sits in a cardboard box. Now, is it a quick, cool solder iron as well? Uh, well, I haven't plugged it in yet, okay. but I don't expect so. No? Okay. Uh, no. I, I didn't read anything about it being okay. anything special. That's why about you have that cooling, handy little holder. Quick so to heat up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is quick to heat up. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, but I can put it in my, my helping hands, turn off the power switch, which I guess is going to help anyways, because yeah. being able to turn off the power switch and turn it back on and it's got quick heating, then it should work yeah. pretty well. Mm-hmm. But we will find out on a future episode how much better that works than my, uh, my old battery-powered soldering iron. So you don't want to miss some of the features that we've got coming up. And do check out that kit, cat5.tv slash solder kit. Now, I know it is just a cheap kit. It's going to get you started. It's going to improve our game. It's going to help me to do a little bit better when it comes to soldering. And some of the things that we're learning here on Category 5 Technology TV is really helpful as well. If you've got comments you want to share with us, comment below or head over to our YouTube channel on our website, Category5.tv if you're watching on cable TV. Um, There are so many different ways that you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you and love to find out what uh, what we could do better. But we're going to head over to the newsroom now. Sasha Rickman, how are you? I am great. Thank you. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. Malware has been found hiding inside software in the Ubuntu Snap Store. After 33 years, Notepad finally displays text files properly. Facebook is launching its own blockchain division as part of a broader recognition, uh, reorganization of its executive lineup. And Nintendo is bringing back its outrageously popular $60 NES Classic Edition console next month. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Oh, but wait. You don't have your glasses on this week. No, I switched to contacts. Switched to contacts? Yeah. And how's that going for you? Well, it's going to be a bit of a tricky little learning curve, I think. Should we bring the teleprompter in? Maybe. Bring it in. Bring it in. I. It's not bad. I just... <laughs> 
Some of the words I cannot read. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. Yep, she's going to make it The optometrist actually asked me, like, can you see this line? Can you see that line? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, it's good. Turns out I should have had the teleprompter with me so I could... There you go. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not going to work. <laughs> All right. Malware has been found hiding inside software in the Ubuntu Snap Store. A pair of seemingly normal apps hosted by the canonical-backed App Hub were discovered to contain a cryptocurrency miner disguised as the System D daemon. The affected apps also shipped an init script to auto-load the malicious code on boot and allow it to run in the background on affected systems. Canonical says it has removed all applications from the author pending further investigation since learning of the flaw via a GitHub issue on the weekend. Because the Snap Store doesn't provide public-facing public install numbers for apps it holds, it's unclear how many Unix Linux users have been affected by this minor issue, although it's worth noting that both apps were only updated, uploaded in late April. Regardless of the exact figure, it's a given that many users will now be asking how this was allowed to happen in the first place. Pardon me. <clears throat> how is it possible for malware to find its way into the Snap Store and onto users' systems? The code in question was first found by GitHub user Towerder in an app purporting to be a version of the popular 2048 game. Curious as to why the app added a system startup script, they checked they checked it out and saw that it was for a cryptocurrency miner tool. The user then checked another app uploaded to the Snap Store by the same developer. And guess what? They also found it contained the same Bitcoin miner script linked to the same email address. This situation marks the first major security issue in the Snappy packaging system. But although unwelcome, this particular fail is not necessarily as frightening as it sounds at first, nor is it necessarily a fault with the Snappy format. All apps uploaded in the Snap Store undergo automatic testing to ensure that they, they work and install correctly for users on multiple Linux distros. Snap apps are not checked line by line for anything suspicious or out of the ordinary. However, therefore, however, therefore un under the current framework, there was simply no way to detect or prevent this malware from being bundled up with an app and made available on the Snap Store. Any theoretical pre-detection would have been hard to do given that both of the affected apps were updated, uploaded as proprietary software. Their code was not available to check. The cryptocurrency miners in this instant can be considered malware because they weren't mentioned in the store description and the, the used then they used system resources without permission or user knowledge for a task that wasn't authorized that said the mining scripts themselves don't seem to do anything malicious to the system itself for example they don't harvest data inject code or hijack hijack browsers it is possible that the app author in question wasn't being intentionally malicious given the lack of effort to disguise the malware and the inclusion of a hardcore email address mentioning a Ferrari. They may have been attempting to draw attention to a hole in the snap craft vetting model. Pardon me. And if so, it worked. Oh, this is going to be fun. So to be fair, <laughs> holy. To be fair, like you try reading the news on national television oh, with no eyes. I am well blind. Done. You you made it through. <laughs> okay, but thinking of the story. Yes. If if somebody is going to be uh, downloading apps, what kind of things that should they be looking for to make sure that this kind of situation hasn't happened? Like, how would you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think what it boils down to is just re recognizing that this is not an issue with the Ubuntu system or the right. ecosystem. It's not an issue with downloading from, you know, it's not, it's not them. It's not their problem. It's not anything to do with Ubuntu, only that it shows that we need to be more careful. 
as right. users. So, for example, and I'll just kind of break this down for you. So, GitHub is a very popular place to get software because coders can upload their open source software and distribute it there. And they can even distribute binary closed source stuff. Um, and it's there on, uh, on GitHub. Well, if I install it and it has malware in it, then I am kind of to blame because I've trusted the source. Mm -hmm. It's not that I've trusted GitHub, it's that I've trusted the coder who's distributing it. Right. So similarly, in an app store, I'm trusting the developer. So do I know this developer? Is it an official release? Is it um, right. a release from the people who are actually developing this software, or is it a third party? So we have to be careful, and, and we look at things like GIMP uh, 2.9, is it 2.9 that has come out? Uh, yeah, 2.9. And so when we go to GIMP.org, for example, this is GNU Image Manipulation Program, a Photoshop alternative. So when we go to their website, GIMP.org, we know that we are dealing with the developers, the, right. the folks who have built this mm -hmm. software. So we can trust that. Mm -hmm. If we then, if we go to a third-party store, app store and not necessarily buying it it's free but if we go to a third-party website and download it from there what's to say they haven't injected something into right. it because we the user are downloading it from a, a an untrusted source right. right in linux it's a bit difficult yes. so your question you know how do we know if we're mm -hmm. well we just have to be careful and be mindful that if we are downloading from third-party sources we need to kind of vet them a little bit right are these trustworthy sources? Are they right. related to the official distribution? I do a lot of software development. I do NEMS Linux, for example. And I have, um, you know, I am officially um, a part of the Nagios Exchange. I'm endorsed by Nagios Enterprises. And so there's a certain level of, yeah, I'm nothing to do with Nagios, but um, I am kind of, you know, I'm, I'm official, if you will, as a third party. Right. right. So you just have to vet that and say, hey, okay, yeah, that I can trust, but maybe not the next one. It's really tough. And I guess with, you know, it boils down to doing what this person has done and said, oh, I found out that the software had this malicious code, so I'm going to report it. Right. right. That's what it comes down to. Do you think that perhaps that that person who had had released this maybe actually was illustrating the the loophole? Like, could it Possibly, have been just a... but they could have been also just tapping into a free resource that would have allowed them to mine some cryptocurrency. Right. I, I mean, there is nothing, and I think what the story points to is that there is nothing wrong with mining cryptocurrency. There's nothing no. wrong with cryptocurrency mining. What is a problem here and what classifies this as malware is the fact that it went into systems who entirely did not opt in for crypto mining. Mm -hmm. They opted in for a game. Yes. Right. So that's where it's malicious. It's not the mining process and it's not Ubuntu. It's that there is this mining code in something that it's not supposed to be in. Right. Okay. That's a big topic. Mm -hmm. That could be a show. That's its own that could be show. Absolutely. After 33 years, Notepad finally displays text files properly. Yeah, Notepad has been around for as long as Windows, originally shipping with Windows 1.0 way back in 1985. However, it's taken Microsoft 33 years to fix one of Notepad's most annoying problems. It can't display all text files correctly. While that may sound ridiculous, it has been a frustration for anyone attempting to open a text file in Notepad that was created on a Unix, Linux, or Mac OS system. The text output is garbled, and it's all because of the line endings. As Microsoft explains on its developer blog, until now, notebooks supported text documents containing... Notepad. Notepad, pardon. <laughs> supported text documents containing three types of line ending characters. They're all window... They're all windows end-of-line characters, carriage return, and line feed. If the text document uses those, the output in Notepad will be perfectly formatted. Text documents created in Unix, Linux, or Mac OS use different line-ending characters. When you try and open them in Notepad, you see a garbled mess of text since all of the line breaks are missing. The, later, the latest Windows 10 Insider build contains the latest uh, the updated version of Notepad, complete with 
additional line endings support. The status bar will even show you which endings the line the file uses. Cool. It's about Kay. time. It is yes. absolutely um, about time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For like 33 years I about time. I feel like <laughs> Notepad, time. you had one job. I have to install like, Adam on every Windows system just so I can open files. It's very annoying that there's been this software that really is useless for so mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Right. And yet we still open our files, manually re-add the carriage returns. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's such a simple fix, really, when you think... Uh, I mean, yeah. maybe there's a lot of back-end changes they've had to make because of the way the system no. works. But no, this is just Microsoft being cocky and saying, oh, everyone will conform to us. Right. Yeah. You know how they they were with Internet Explorer yes, yeah, and then finally true. realized, okay, well, this is not going our way, so we'll drop that. Now, but, okay, so Notepad is finally... To put a... I mean, to say 33 years is like, wow, 33 years is a lot. Let's put a perspective on this. I'm 34. Pretty much my entire existence, they've been ignoring this problem right how much has technology changed since i was a baby yeah and they're just getting around to this now it's like come on microsoft i know so okay so does this mean that if i'm at if i'm at a computer and i'm opening a word document but i'm using like libra office can i open it and well wait and Notepad, no. no. Notepad okay. is for, like, uh, are you familiar with .txt files? So no. they are strictly text. Okay. And not just .txt. Like, they can be .sh files, for example. It would be another another one that I'd try to open yeah. every you time. Open a, like, a, a JavaScript file. Anything, yeah, like anything yeah. that is just plain text. There's no formatting. It's just, there's no bolds. There's no underlines. It's just plain text usually scripts or readme files to explain how things work and stuff right. like that. Okay. But it's been useless up until now. Completely, mm-hmm. evidently. Yeah. yeah. So it's about time. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Finally, Windows 10 is stepping into 1987. Yippee! Facebook is launching its own blockchain division as part of a broader recognition of its executive lineup. Reorganization of its executive lineup. I, am- I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was waiting for the eyes to click in. It's okay. It's going to be. This is how long have you been with contacts? This is day two. This is day two. Okay, folks. so what's happening? And she hasn't changed them. Can I? That's the problem. Okay. No, I've changed them. <laughs> okay, here's here's the problem I'm having, so I can describe it to you, so that you understand what's happening. If I don't blink, which I, I can't be blinking constantly while reading the teleprompter. It's like they haze right over and that I can't oh, yeah. see through them. I need to like blink them clear, but then I then it's the words are Do moving. Do you want me to like stand here misting you? I know. <laughs> like a mister. I'm having some problems just seeing just blurriness instead of words. <laughs> okay, so so where are we at here? Okay, we're so Let's just start we were talking about uh, how Facebook, Facebook is, is launching a blockchain division and they're reorganizing their executive lineup. lineup. Exactly. Yeah, so, I got you. I got you. All right. So the move comes four months after CEO Mark Zuckerberg said in a Facebook post that he wanted the company to go deeper and study the positive and negative aspects of cryptocurrency. The company is saying little about its blockchain division for now, but we do know that David Marcus, who was serving as the vice president of messaging products and overseeing Facebook Messenger, will be running the blockchain group. Interestingly, he is also the former CEO of PayPal with a longtime interest in payment systems. He also currently serves on the board of Bitcoin exchange Coinbase. Mm. Instagram's current vice president of product, Kevin Wheel, will be leaving that role to join Facebook's blockchain team. The two positions are the only ones announced so far for the team and come amid a lot of other employee reshuffling. Interesting. Huge. So Facebook cryptocurrency. Or cryptocurrency payment platform. Right. That's what we need. We need to be able to buy Category 5 shirts by TurtleCoin and you know and so on and so forth. That's what's going to take cryptocurrency to the next level of being a viable currency is being able to transact. I, I right. agree. Uh, my my hesitation though is 
Facebook, really? They control enough of the world and they've just shown that they completely screwed up not releasing our data. If they have some sort of a back end to a blockchain technology mm-hmm. that is tied into your entire profile and everything, like the linkage and the marketing that could come out of this is now insurmountable to say, right. oh, by the way, so we've determined that this age group who like to do these things that pretend to text to get out of awkward situations are most likely to be the ones to buy into this Bitcoin or this coin and sure. to do it at this rate and they're more likely to be miners and therefore we're going to target like really really i don't even want to go there though jeff like we can get into conspiracy theories and but it's and not even it's just it, i i am a fan of spreading the wealth and sure. I, I i think it, facebook is getting to the point of having dare i say it too much social power so they need to pull a google and instead of having everything under this massive company have side have, companies. Have individual mm-hmm. little companies that exactly. they can make mistakes with. And Go the way of like right. Coca-Cola, who's got a bazillion yeah, brands right. underneath it. Yeah. At least doing it that way, it doesn't seem as conglomerate, we're going to own you. <laughs> this way, it's like, it's your Facebook coin with your Facebook account. And by the way, yeah, yeah. have you got your Facebook right. toilet paper? Like They have that? Nice. I'm sure it's coming. Oh, it's so social. <laughs> I just don't want that posting on my wall. <laughs> I didn't see at first how the two would be connected, really. But I, not the toilet paper, the fa- like yeah, Facebook yeah. and blockchain. I, the, right, but I guess it is with. I guess. Oh, there could be so. And but think about this: if you want to be concerned about your privacy, what if they're using the blockchain to encrypt and protect? Right, right. Just just to, to for authentication and things like that. I like the idea of having someone other than PayPal. Right now, I'm fair enough. I'm quite fed up with PayPal. Mm-hmm. Um, they pull. I don't know if you guys know this, and if you're in America, you probably don't care. Uh, maybe you do because you love us. But PayPal pulled out all of their uh, debit cards from Canada. So really, yeah. So when did that happen? Uh, about two months ago. I so, did not know that. So if, you, if you're in Canada and you carry a PayPal debit card to give you access to your funds that are in your PayPal account, you've just lost access to it if you live in Canada. So, so I'm not happy with them whatsoever at this point. So I'd love to see someone else rise up that can give me a way to transact, especially if they can provide me a way to transact without having to wait three days to withdraw money to my Canadian bank account right. and convert currencies. I have to convert from U.S. dollars to Canadian dollars to put it in my account, and I lose a few points on the right. transaction. Like, it's stupid. So I'd like to see something else. Mm-hmm. That's, well, just could be That's just step me. one. Yeah, just step one. Nintendo is bringing back its outrageously popular $60 NES Classic Edition console next month. The console was intended as a limited-time offering. It went on sale in late 2016 and was discontinued in April of 2017. Between the low price and the heavy draw of Nintendo nostalgia, the NES Classic Edition was a major hit. As a result, it was nearly impossible to find. And now Nintendo says it's bringing back the console. Nintendo tweeted on Sunday night, Hashtag NES Classic Edition will return to stores on June 29th. They also said this system and the Hashtag NES Classic Edition system are expected to be available through to the end of the year. It's great news for anyone who missed out on the chance to buy the NES Classic Edition during its brief window of availability. The only other way to buy one at this point is to go through third-party resellers like eBay, where prices are often triple or more of than the original $60 cost of the console. The same 30 classic NES games that shipped with the first run of the NES Classic Edition will ship on the new production run as well. So... We saw this coming. This is smart mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Nintendo. Supply and demand, complete control. But they are the masters of this. I mean, every time Nintendo has come out with a new console... I mean, look at when the Wii came out. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we've got the Wii. And people were spending $3,000 to buy a stupid console Mm -hmm. on eBay because they had to get the Wii. Right. Nintendo is amazing at this. They go, how many people need this? A billion? Let's make five. (laughs) And and then they put the other, you know, 
billion in a warehouse somewhere and then go, all right, they've waited long enough, throw it out there, and people jump at it. I mean, it's, it's a great marketing right. system. Right. But in the meantime, it's 30 games. Yeah. 30 retro games. Raspberry Pi can get you so much more. Ras- need, I, yeah. need I remind you? If I just reach down here. Haha, ha, how many games on that? Does this look like an NES classic to you? It does. Does it? I mean, come on now. With HDMI output, because that's a Raspberry Pi 3B+. And that has like 3,000 games on it. Right. I'm not saying this is legal. I'm just saying it's awesome. So it's not officially <laughs> endorsed by, <laughs> by Nintendo. But it works. Just waiting for the lights to turn off. But if, if you've got all the, like if you have the freeware ROMs, because some of them you can get there, freeware. I, I refer to abandonware. And I, and I realize the chat room will now erupt and say abandonware is not actually a thing. But it's like, um, it's software that is so old that it's just not sellable anymore. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, you can find some of them on um, like archive.org. Sure, yeah, true you know, enough. So, true I mean, enough. if you find them there and you get them as a ROM, like, who cares? Yeah. So that's my homebrew little NES classic. How do you that's like that? And, and we taught how to do that on Category 5 Technology TV, didn't we? So We certainly did. A while ago, RetroPie, there was a game. You couldn't figure out what it was. We, yeah. Last week, last oh, you week about, we, figured we figured it out. Figured it out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sasha realized it's Snokey. 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 Okay. Make sure you tune into episode 555 of it was Category huge, 5 Technology TV. Actually, <laughs> that episode was amazing. And if you want to see how far games have come, Jeff, from that era to, like, because this also has an Atari 2600 on it. Right. Um, from that era all the way up to the HTC Vive. Yes. Right. Unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. Big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. Thank you, Sasha. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Jeff Weston. It's been so great having you here this week. I hope that you've had a lot of fun. Please remember, we love and we thrive off of your communication. Mm-hmm. Get onto our website, category5.tv. Find all the different ways that you can communicate with us. There are links to our YouTube channel. Uh, maybe you're already watching on YouTube, and you can give us that thumbs up, that subscribe, and even comment below. We'd greatly appreciate that. And we may just quote you on the air. So say nice things. <laughs> Always. Always say nice things. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye.